Magazines and Monsters, Episode 18, The Brave and the Bold, 83, from 1969. Man, you come right out of a comic book. Hey everybody, Billy D, a.k.a. Doc Strange here with another episode of Magazines and Monsters. Uh, in this one, my guest and I will be covering uh, The Brave and the Bold, number 83, a uh, Batman and Teen Titans yarn, which is uh, as crazy as ever that, you know, if you know the creative team, especially the writer, you will understand why. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also welcoming a uh, returning guest uh, from uh, Secret Wars and Beyond and the Bat Pod, uh, Sean Ross. How are you, Sean? Hey, thanks for having me, man. I, I do want to open with an apology. You know, I know I, I kidnapped your buddy Herman and I ransomed him to you. And, you know, I know I stole <laughs> your car and I stole your wallet, but I'm a good guy. I'm a good I'm a good guest. I promise. And I, I just won't make that mistake again, Billy. I promise I'll give Herman back. <laughs> yeah, well, you better or I'm going to sick my evil adopted son on you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is uh, I, I. I thank you so much for having me back, man. I, I love getting a chance to talk to you, and and this is now our second Brave and the Bold, uh, Zany Haney Titans issue, and this one is <laughs> this is all caps Zany. I cannot wait to get into this. I know it's times like these. I think to myself. Do I actually have time to start like, you know, a fifth podcast where I, all I talk <laughs> about is the brave and the bold? <laughs> it's tempting. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. But yeah, it's great stuff. But yeah, other one we talked about was insane. And this one's getting close to being right at that level, too. Maybe not quite as crazy, but this one's up there, too. So, yeah, this one's awesome. But uh, yeah, Batman and the Teen Titans, Brave and the Bold, 83 from 1969. And uh, punish not my evil son. <laughs> it's the name of this one. And uh, it's a cool cover by Irv Novik. Now, what do you think of him? I like him a lot, but I feel like he gets lost in the shuffle with uh, Batman artists. What do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I love Irv Novik. He is one of my favorite sort of like low key, great Batman artists. I, I, I definitely, anytime there's a list of like most underappreciated Batman artists, he's number one, you know, for me, I just, I really like his style. I think he's a, He's a great he's a great storyteller. And then he does a great, you know, 70s Batman against the night sky sort of Giordano-esque, you know, mm. view of Batman. I, I love him. I love Novik. He's he really is. I, I just don't think, like you said, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. And, you know, he probably doesn't have the resume or, or at least the the like great stories or something that people think of, though. I love his work, but he's one of my favorite Batman artists. Yeah, I guess almost like maybe journeyman would be a good word for him. I don't yeah. know. Some people think that's a negative word, but it's not. It's just he's never had, you know, a 40, 50, 60 issue run that's like considered, you know, air quotes legendary or anything mm -hmm. like that. But every time I see his, you know, work interiors or covers, whatever, I'm always very impressed and like it. And this one is, uh, this one's no exception as you have Batman coddling this young, uh, <laughs> evil looking, uh, blonde haired kid that's uh, sneering at Robin and he's, holding Robin aloft like he's choking him and it says Batman no one lays a hand on my son while I live <laughs> well the evil grin on, yeah. on his on his evil son is just fantastic I mean he looks like Eddie Haskell you know or, or like mm. Nelly from Little House on the Perth like every <laughs> every kid you've, you're you're designed to hate I mean he is just loathsome on that cover so it's great it does its job because you're like oh I already don't like this kid so it sets you up right away 
<laughs> yeah, and the Teen Titans in the background there, they look real good too. You know, they're pretty detailed and mm-hmm. Kid Flash is like, you know, oh, the big mouth agape, like, oh no, Batman's <laughs> going to beat the crap out of Robin. <laughs> but yeah, it looks a really, really cool uh, cover there. Love this one. But yeah, Irv Novik, yeah, look him up, anybody out there that, you know, you don't know him too well or whatever, do a go to one of the sites and do a search on his covers and interiors and stuff like that because he's uh, definitely a guy that uh, needs to get a little more shine for sure, especially from Batman. I, I always think of Batman first when I think of him, but oh, of me course too. he's done a ton of other stuff, but I always think Irv Novik always equals Batman to me. <laughs> All right, but yeah, writer for this one is uh, Bob Zaney Haney, of course, because it's a crazy story and it's Bronze Age, so <laughs> it has to be. And then uh, the interior art is by Neil Adams. So, yeah. you know, hey, that's, again, uh, in contrast to Novik, you know, most people think uh, Neil Adams and Batman, one of the greatest ever there, and uh, rightly so, and then uh, Letters by Ben Oda. So, uh, all right, well, let me just get right into it here. I'll just uh, rattle off a couple sentences here about the uh, uh, general story here, and then <laughs> we can get into the specifics, because it's not the easiest story in the world to synopsize. No, and, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, in, uh, you know, in broad terms, okay, but not specific what goes on, because there's just a lot going on here. So, uh all right, so Bruce Wayne adopts the son of one of his father's best friends who has died. And Batman and Robin are in the midst of an oil robbery scheme that might be closer to home than they both realize. Can the Teen Titans help the dynamic duo solve this case? <laughs> All right, so overall thoughts here. What did you think about this one, Sean? <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is, there were, there were at least four what the heck moments in this issue and like it, and it's funny because you know whenever you read a, a haney comic the, the man despises transitions like he's like, mm-hmm. like he's like ease my reader into something he's like what are you talking about like there's no he just drops you right in to the story to the point where even the first page is it's just two panels the top one sets up the whole hey our oil's gone missing bruce wayne find out who did it because you're chairman of the board or you're out and the panel mm-hmm. below is Batman and Robin, you know, running up the side of a building to investigate. Like, there's just no, there's no wasted space to almost to a detriment. I mean, because things just happen so fast and furious. It's so quick cut, sort of quick edit that it's a little jarring in the beginning, the way Haney comics often are. But, but like Haney, you know, every other Haney comic I've read, there's a moment where you go, Oh, I, I give up. I'm not fighting this anymore because this is just too delightful. Like I'm not, you know, it's like <laughs> you know, how how I learned to stop worrying and love the Haney. Like it's just, it's so amazing because the the thing, the beauty of it is the the hijacking, the oil hijacking plot seems to be the big plot. And it looks like it's just a Batman and Robin issue. Like I'm like, where are the Titans? And then out of nowhere comes Lance, you know, the the child that Bruce is gonna have to take on as a ward. <laughs> And you're like, oh, this is surely these two stories are connected. And it's like, no, 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 they're not. Not till the very end. Like, not really. <laughs> just, you know, just a day of a, a random kid showing up at Bruce Wayne's house with, by the way, no social worker, no, you know, <laughs> notification, no concern about easing the child into the home or or even, you know, giving the, the, the adult notice that the child is coming. It's just we dropped this kid off at your doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> we, we hear you like taking in wards and raising them. Here you go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I have to tell you, it was just there are so many like <laughs> break tap swerve moments in this. But again, if you just if you just go, OK, I'm going to run with it. It is unbelievably fun to read. But like, what about you? So this was my first time reading it. Had you read this before? 
I had not read this one before. I thought I had when I saw the cover, but when I looked through the actual physical issues I have, I did not see it anywhere. So I thought, huh. And, you know, as we were talking offline, I, you know, uh, subscribed to the DC app, which is really cool and really awesome. And yeah. if you want to read comics, it, there's really no either easier way to, to get them other than eight bucks a month through here. It's really nice uh, app. Um, but yeah, I hadn't read this one before. So when I read this, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a swerve when the cover shows, you know, Batman with his son. I thought it was just going to be a swerve. But no, in the Haney universe, you know, not Earth 2 or, you know, Earth Prime in the Haney verse, this really happened. He really is adopting this kid and he will <laughs> we'll see at the end. He's on yeah. the, the grounds of the <laughs> Wayne estate. I mean, that's that's <laughs> my the part God. that's just astounding is how this issue ends. Like you're mm-hmm. like, oh, there's no way this is in continuity. <laughs> there's just, there's no oh. way. Oh, this is hilarious. But I do love on the very first page, like you said, that dichotomy of the two different scenes on the top and the bottom. And it kind of is jarring. But the first thing I noticed was the uh, evil uh, corporate businessman is named Stark. So yeah. I thought, oh, is that a jab there? <laughs> I loved that. I saw that too. I was like, oh, that's not accidental. That's particularly great. Oh, yeah, they're going right at it. And then, yeah, Batman and Robin, you know, they're trying to figure out this oil problem here. Like, who's stealing this oil? And they go into this hatch, and Batman gets locked in there somehow. And there's oil just pouring in through there, and he gets swept up by it. Now, listen, I don't know everything about scuba gear and equipment and stuff like that, but I can't imagine it works in oil. Yeah, his little rebreather. I mean, it's not even like he has a mask on. He just has a rebreather. And I was like, oh, that's not going to that's not going to cut it. Like, what are you doing? And then even the way they discover the secret hatch, there's just no like there's no affixing you in place and time. It's just they're running. They see a hatch and then Batman (laughs) just dives down it with no like doesn't send a, you know, canary down the coal mine, anything. He just dives Mm -hmm. down this tube and then he's just Mm -hmm. overcome by oil. But I do have to say, I mean, uh, you know, Neil Adams is so, I mean, he's just, you know, one of the great artists of all time mm. and his ability to draw this action. The truth is you don't need dialogue in this section at all. Like no. it is super clear the peril that Batman's in, how he escapes, you know, that he has to fight off some henchmen once he does. It's just so well drawn. The storytelling and the art is is gorgeous. Now, I'm not saying I want to sacrifice Haney's dialogue because there are a couple times where Batman's like, do you dig this? Like, and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> Batman say, do you dig this? Like, I'm like, this is like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like I, I'm, you know, so I don't want to do without the dialogue because it is delightful, but, but yeah, the art is just, I mean, transcendently good. I, anytime mm. you get a Neil Adams, like, like there's one panel, you know, Batman goes down the tube and he comes out the other end and he fights off some henchmen. And the, the thing I love about brave and the bold Batman is he's he's really fallible. I mean, he's not, mm-hmm. you know, bat god, and he just gets chucked off the side of the boat. Like he doesn't he doesn't win the fight, and mm-hmm. he's you know gonna get he's gonna drown. His cowl's gonna you know and cape are gonna pull him down. And Robin comes with the bat copter to save him, and it's so great because they're they're heading back to Gotham City, and Bruce is like Batman's like oh you know I, I really need to solve this mystery of who's stealing our oil. I'm the head of this company and. You know, there's a lot of pressure here, and this is my mess to clean up. And Robin has this smirk. Mm-hmm. It's such a great, it's just such great visual storytelling. And he thinks to himself, what a guy he never mentions that every cent he makes from Zenith goes to charity. And I love this moment both for the art, because Adams really captures 
what Robin is for, you know, that kind of spirit mm-hmm. of like the, the kid to look up to Batman so that as readers, we can look up to Batman. But then I also love, cause you know, I mean, there was all this stuff on Twitter all the time and you know, the, the there's the, the great side to Twitter, which is like meeting people like you and, and this whole comic book community. And like, that's why I'm on it to be honest with you. Cause you know, I didn't have any friends who collected comics growing up. And now all of a sudden I, you know, I know all these people who love them like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's that other side, you know, which is just this cesspool. And there's always people like, well, why doesn't Batman stop being Batman and, and devote all his money to helping with charity? And, and I'm like, well, he does. And like, this is great. This is a great example of that. So I don't know. I was really pleased by the, the little Robin moment. Mm, yeah, that is a great panel. That's one of the best panels in the whole uh, comic, if you ask me. But oh, that the way Batman gets... Uh, taken out here that's definitely a haney thing too so batman is cleaning house kicking the crap out of all these henchmen but then the tanker but here's the caption box but as the tanker heaves into the sea swells at the end of gotham harbor batman is tossed off balance and so yeah just luck of the draw the boat kind of like you know rocks back and forth and makes batman be off balance and one of the uh, henchmen gets a a shot in on him with a mm-hmm. wrench and knocks him off the boat it's like that is definitely like you said a brave and the bold and almost like always a haney thing too where you know batman's you know looking like he's uh, gonna take down everybody and he's indestructible and then just some weird happenstance <laughs> <laughs> and he gets taken out because it's too early in the story for batman to take everybody out <laughs> cool. and that's the beauty of it it's like well who killed batman joker two-face you know was one of his great enemies no it's Vinny from deadliest catch like he just yeah. you know, <laughs> has a wrench and knocks him off the boat like that's the great the beauty of haney is hey there's no sacred cows for haney right it's just like mm-hmm. yeah no, batman gets knocked off the side all as well <laughs> Oh, and then you were saying, too, about the kid just showing up at the house and like, hey, where was there? Like, it's like it was such a like, you know, a, a cartoon beginning where, you know, somebody takes the little baby in a basket and puts it on a porch mm-hmm. and knocks on a door and runs away. That's kind of the impression I got, too, was like very cartoonish. <laughs> well, and it's what's funny is because this is a Teen Titans crossover, the first time we meet the you know Lance, the first time we meet the kid, he is uh, Lance Bruner is his name. He's got a like makeshift bow and arrow somehow and yeah. he's just firing arrows at these priceless antiques around stately wayne manor while alfred's freaking out and i was like oh this is roy harper I'm like oh this is there's there's some con going on here like like basically like you know bruce and and dick must suspect that something you know in wayne foundation or something is behind somebody's behind the oil so they're gonna use this plot to infiltrate this must be roy harper it's a red-headed kid with a bow and arrow and then you're like no not at all it's lance bruner has nothing to do with the Titans, <laughs> has nothing to do with a bow and arrow. How come how this kid is just a master archer is never explained either. <laughs> He's just there. And, and, you know, he was the the Bruners were friends of Bruce's parents. And the two dads made a pact that if anything happened to them, they would take care of each other's kids, which, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> begs the biggest question of all. Um, where were the Bruners when the Waynes died in Crime Alley? Like, why weren't they showing up to pick up young Bruce and take him under their wing? Like, did you ask that question? Oh, I was like, Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Where were they? Because we know pretty much it looks like nobody was there other than Alfred. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that's the thing that's so bizarre is they don't even pay lip service to it. It's like, you know, Bruce says, you know, oh, our, apparently our fathers made a promise, you know, to adopt each or to help each other's kids. And and then it's like, oh, well, apparently only your father made that promise like or, or meant to keep it. <laughs> Yeah, it was a one-way deal, apparently, but 
Oh my gosh. And then this we we see right away that this kid's bad news. Yeah. He's stealing money and uh oh defacing a police motorcycle. He spray paints fuzz on the back <laughs> of it, which I thought was hilarious, but for some insane reason, Dick keeps taking the blame for him. And I'm thinking to myself, look, if you're Robin and you know this kid's a did bad news, you need to go to Bruce and say, yo, this kid's bad news, man. Don't be taking a fall for him. He's just going to keep getting away with stuff. Yeah, I have to tell you, I, f- I found this this whole little you know section really endearing because, you know, the, the kid keeps I mean, he steals money and then he, you know, just like you said, he defaces a police motorcycle and. Batman, you know, Bruce is the world's greatest detective. Like, <laughs> I mean, you, you have Dick Grayson, who you literally, your life depends on. Like, you know him, you fight crime with him, you've raised this kid, mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden he's, you know, committing crimes just out of nowhere. And, and mm-hmm. Dick even says, Bruce is like, Dick, this is not like you. And he's like, oh, it's just a phase I'm going through because of my age. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not. But, <laughs> but Hey, there's this other variable that's new. Like, I mm-hmm. wonder if there's a connection and Bruce never, never puts it together. And that's the part where I'm like, oh my God, like, like, come on, Bruce. Like, this is really, this is embarrassing. Like, this is just really, you know, but I do find it endearing because you know, Dick just bends over backwards to help this kid. And, and I think it's twofold. One, Dick Grayson is just the best, right? Like, I, like he's my favorite yeah. DC he's character. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, he's the best guy. He's, he's everybody's big brother. And, you know, he's just, you know, so there, there's that side of him where he's like, hey, I believe in this kid, you know, and I want to help him. And then I think more importantly, and this is the part where Haney really hooked me. It's he doesn't want to disappoint Bruce. Like he he's like, yeah. oh, Bruce believes in this kid and he wants to help him. I'm going to do the same. I don't want to, I don't want to let my, my father down. And I was like, Oh, so Haney really got me in that moment. Like what, what was your reaction to Lance as he was making his way through the story? Oh, it's crazy. And like you said, yeah, I do think that's, you know, it shows Dick's character there pretty well, that he's, he doesn't want to see Bruce, you know, hurt or even just aggravated by this kid that he had to basically take on. But there's a little interaction there. And Dick, you know, kind of says to Lance, like, hey, I've covered for you because you need a friend. You know, and that's, again, speaks to Dick being a good yeah. guy that, you know, this kid might be going through some stuff because his dad just died. You know, he doesn't really know the full story yet. And he's covering for him because he thinks he's just acting out because of that, that he's upset about it. But then Lance looks at him and says, you flipped your wig, Dicky boy. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't any idea what you're yapping about. And it's like, OK, that's when. Dick kind of thinks, all right, this kid's just a bad seed. So yeah. that's when he goes to the Titans to talk to them and be like, yo, we need to uh, keep an eye on this kid because I think he's going to screw me and Bruce over and I don't want that to happen. I really liked that scene too. And, and it's funny because the Titans are are completely tangential to the story. Like there's, they don't yeah. serve any function in this story at all. This really should just be a mm-hmm. Batman and Robin story. Mm-hmm. But the thing I love about this is like Dick goes to his friends. He goes to his peers when he has a problem, he can't talk to his parent about. And I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. so good. Like, that feels so legitimate. You know, that feels, you know, like, you know, we both have, you know, the kids. And it's like, it, that feels very real. Um, I remember being that age and, you know, going to my friends before I would ever go to my family about certain things. And it just, and, you know, the Titans being there to support him, it felt really nice. And and I have to say, as somebody who never read these old you know, 60s and I remember the late 70s Titan stuff. And then I, you know, I love the Marvin and George stuff, but I, I didn't know the history as well. I knew it conceptually from like who's who or that kind of thing. 
but yeah. I didn't read the stories. And now, you know, you, you and I, this is our second Brave and the Bold Titans issue. Now that I'm going back and reading some of these, like, I totally get why the, this is Dick's family, you know, like I get it just, it's, it's really adding in, it's, it's shading, it's, it's adding in a lot of, um, of layering to these relationships that I have been following for years and that I didn't mm-hmm. realize I was missing. So I think that's really cool. Uh, what what do you think of that relationship with Dick and the Titans? Oh, it's great. You can tell, you know, obviously Bruce is like his father figure, but they're like his brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his they're basically his family at this point in the comics. So it's really cool. I they're very supportive of him and it's it's good to see that. It's it shows a good, you know, it sends a good message. You know, you know, if you're a kid and you have some really close friends that are good people that you, know, yeah. you count on, count on them too. But oh my gosh, the crazy Haney lingo when he goes to talk <laughs> to them, he tells them what's going on, and uh, Wonder Girl says, "We all dig you," and then he says, "Thanks, Wonder Doll." <laughs> yeah, it is unbelievable. the 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 dialogue is so like fifty year old man trying to sound cool in the sixties. It's so awesome, and and then in the next scene, Dick and the Titans <laughs> go out dancing with Lance, like they go out to uh-huh. a club in their secret identities and wonder girl what donna troy like everybody's first crush right like Mm -hmm. you know wonder girl she's trying to be extra nice to him and she's like hey what do you think of this club you know this group is groovy right and he's like oh it's strictly from cubesville baby he's like and frankly i dick chigs with more zing too and i'm like oh my god (laughs) like (laughs) you little jerk like if i didn't hate you before i totally hate you now and i do love that that donna's like oh if i weren't in my secret identity I would slap this boy across the room. <laughs> yeah, she said you'd get zinged, all right. But yeah. Oh, oh, the caption box. The following night, in a flipped out rock and roll little <laughs> den called the Glass Onion. Yeah. <laughs> is there some joke there, or is it just the absurdism? I'm wondering if there's some club that was called, you know, the Glass Something or the yeah. Something Onion that you know Haney was using there, maybe a club in New York or something like that. You know that he was basing this off of because we know they did that a lot. You know the writers, but oh, they they still do it today. You know, oh, yeah. All writers do that. They kind of borrow stuff like that, just make it their own. But oh, it's so hilarious. And then you know, all the other Titans are just like, yeah, this guy is, uh, this guy's bad news. You know, but too funny. Then like this was a little bit of another Haney swerve or curve here too. Yeah. When it's you know the next day, it's. A ransom note demanding $50,000 for Lance's safe return. I thought he was with you, dick. Like, he starts, like, you know, getting on Robin. Like, it's your fault he got abducted. But, you know, we find out the abduction. I kind of thought about it right away, honestly, that, hey, this is a bad kid. So this abduction thing might be a ruse. And that's what we find out. Well, the panel, I mean, the panel right before that, he looks across the club and he's like, who's that? And Wonder Girl's like, oh, that's Milo Banton. He's the chief crime family guy. And the, and the kid's like, hmm. So, I mean, it's just so great. And the thing that's yeah. even better is, and this is, again, Haney and, and Adams. You know, and Adams was actually pretty young, I mean, when when he drew this. So he, you know, he probably was, a, and he was a cool guy. I don't know if, you, if you've ever seen photos of Neil Adams when he was younger, like, he was a good-looking dude. Like, you know, oh, he yeah. Yeah, dated half the Marvel bullpen, like, you know. Um, so he, uh, Dick is at home when, when Bruce comes in, like Lance has been kidnapped. I thought you were watching over him and Dick is reading a book called John Lennon's poems. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, that's so funny. This is so great. And, you know, the, the poor Dick is like, uh, dude, I'm not like, I'm not responsible for him. Like, what are you, you know, it's crazy. I thought you were, I thought you were his dad, pal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like great parenting there, Bruce. And, and then Bruce just pays the ransom. Like no yeah. investigation as Batman, no making sure he's okay. Just assumes he'll be returned safely. Mm-hmm. Like 
you know, and then Lance just comes running back. It's, I mean, it's just so ridiculous and, but it is awesome. I mean, and I do love, I have to say, I'm so used to modern era Alfred. And I guess by that, I mean like pre and post crisis Alfred, you know, Mm -hmm. just pre, but mainly post crisis Alfred, who's, you know, the father figure and the voice of reason. And here he's just, he's an ornament. I mean, he He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't comment. He doesn't warn Bruce. He doesn't comfort Dick. He's literally just there watching this like little brat. He has to clean up after which that was probably the only part of the issue that, that rung untrue for me, but it's not Haney's fault. That wasn't who Alfred was back then. No. Yeah. He was just like, you know, he was there to say yes, master Bruce and, you know, yeah shine the car wheels and make a meal. That's all he was back then. Yeah, he wasn't, you know, and, and then, and then this is the funny part. <laughs> I mean, there's actually so many funny parts in this. Oh my so, gosh. Just for the listeners, by the way, we're completely ignoring the, the oil hijacking plot for pages. Like it's, it's not that we're not mentioning it. It's just this one issue. It's not even like this is a 12 issue maxi series. <laughs> this one issue just takes this giant swerve into this Lance Bruner moment before then eventually circling back to the whole point of the story, which is this oil hijacking. But I love Bruce says, hey, the bank called and you deposited $25,000. Where'd that money come from? <laughs> like, oh, you mean half the ransom, Bruce? Like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? And it's so great. The Titans are listening through the air vent, which is also, I mean, just ridiculous. Like they're all hanging out in their costumes yeah. in the basement, which is so funny. But what do you, I mean, what are your thoughts on Bruce's, I don't know, his gullibility in this like i just that's the part that's a struggle yeah like you said it's he's one panel or one page he's batman and the greatest detective and he's doing this he's doing that in the next page he's like very uh like i said gullible and just like how many year old like what 12 year old kid or 13 year old kid or whatever is able to like put one over on him yeah that's pretty plain to see this kid you know again this kid was bad news from the beginning and even if you thought well maybe he's not really a bad kid maybe it's just his Okay, but maybe because of the trauma in his life, maybe he's going to make some more bad decisions. So you really need to keep an eye on him. And Bruce kind of isn't keeping an eye on him at all. He's just taking everything he says and does at face value, which is crazy. I mean, that is the one piece. (laughs) This is going to sound mean. This is the one piece that rings very true is if you place a very troubled child in the in the path of Bruce Wayne, he doesn't get them help. He, you know, makes them into soldiers. (laughs) Like, you know, the, the one thing that's very true. In fact, I have to say. And, you know, and I was going to kind of save this for the end, but because of how this story ends, like I, I did this remind you of Jason Todd at all? Yeah, it I was mean, a little weird. Yeah, especially how the story ends for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, the parallels are there, right? Like mm-hmm. rough kid, you know, troubled kid, rough around the edges, grew up, you know, in, a, in a, a negative environment, gets dropped into Bruce Wayne's lap. He's even kind of a, a redhead, kind of a strawberry blonde. People forget that Jason Todd is a redhead and mm-hmm. dyes his hair. You know, and, and then, you know, we'll we'll get to the end, but like has a has a similar ending to Jason. So I thought it was really interesting because I was like, man, I wonder if, you know, Jim Starlin had read this issue when he when he set up the death of Jason Todd, because this feels like, a you know, a book that's 20 years ahead of its time. Yeah, and it's funny then, you know, like we said, nobody shows up in the beginning to tell Bruce what's going on with this kid. But then mm-hmm. in the middle of this, somebody shows up and be like, you know. I'm from, you know, whatever. He's been kicked out of reform school and military school, and he's a bad kid. And Bruce is like, what? What's going on? You know, and then Bruce is still like, oh, I don't want to send him back because the kid begs him not to send him back to, you know, the reformatory. And 
just give me one more chance. Just give me one more chance. And again, with this kid's track record, you know it's going to come back to bite Batman. And the Teen Titans pretty much say as much in the other room when they're yeah. listening to this. Like, don't fall for it, Batman, you big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, come on, man. How gullible can you be? Though I do have to say, I do like Lance's confession. Like, he he seems legitimately scared. He's like, I'm begging you. Don't let them take me. He's like, look, I did it all. He's like, all the things I pinned on Dick. All, everything, the kidnapping. And that part I liked because I was like, you know, if, if he was fully bad, he would have just been like, oh, th- there's an explanation for all of that. But the fact that he owns yeah. up to everything, you're all all of a sudden for the first time, you see him as a kid and you're like, oh, this really is a kid in trouble. Like he does need help. Like I'm, I, I hope, you know, I'm glad he's with Bruce. <laughs> I'm glad Bruce will get him help, you know, even though that's not necessarily how it turns out. But I, that was the first time. Did you start feeling for him in that moment or were you still like, ah, oh, this kid's a jerk? Well, at that point I thought, okay, maybe this kid is going to straighten out now, you know, but again, leaning back to the cover and it's, you know, my evil son and yeah. how, how, you know, bad this kid was acting. I thought, uh, so I kind of feel like, well, I do understand how Bruce was like, okay, you've got one last chance. But I think to myself, if you're going to give him one last chance and he just confessed to all this bad stuff, wouldn't you then like really keep an eye on him and keep him under a magnifying glass, Bruce? Like, I don't know. And he doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. There's no supervision. Like, I mean, again, Lance, we don't really know how old he is. It's kind of hard to tell him. He could be anywhere from like 12 to maybe 15 or 16, Mm -hmm. but he arranged his own kidnapping. (laughs) Like, I mean, (laughs) Pretty street smart, pretty savvy kid. I don't know that I could have done that at that age and, mm-hmm. you know, arranged my safe return. So, uh, yeah, definitely there is a um, there's a, a case for neglect <laughs> in this issue. But it, it, again, it's so it's so wonderful because this is all happening. I mean, we're it, this is one issue like mm-hmm. it's all happening so fast. You know, and and I and it's it's just really wonderful. Lance even seems to turn a corner, right? He starts helping around the house. He starts being more polite, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, is this an act? What's happening? And then we finally cut back to the the oil hijacking scam, and the I, I actually I'm going to have some questions about Lance's connection to this because I don't know that it's fleshed out as much as it could be. But you know, Bruce makes his way to an oil derrick that the evil Mister Stark has set up with all these profits he's stolen, and mm-hmm. the Titans show up to help fight. And that part's cool. It's, I mean, that's where the Titans, it's like, oh, okay, that's nice to have them in this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is my maybe my favorite part of the issue. They the Stark is getting away in the boat, and Batman, you know, ropes it and he's hanging on. Actually, that may have been a little bit earlier in the issue, but he basically stands up and water skis. Like it is just <laughs> it's so it's so awesome. It's such a Batman 66 moment, and it just totally mm-hmm. makes me smile. Yeah. When Stark gets away in the speedboat and Batman's, you know, being dragged by it. And he just stands up. It's so great. Like I just, Haiti had no, there was just no compunction. There was no worry about internal logic or, you know, uh, well, any, any logic really. It was all just about what's going to serve the best story, which did make this, you know, it makes this a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm surprised Haiti didn't say to Neil Adams, draw the bat shark repellent on his, you know, <laughs> seriously belt there at that point but yeah right not not too far before that though we see lance he gets access to the bat cave mm-hmm. and he finds out you know batman and robin is bruce and dick and he has this really evil look on his face like he flips a switch from oh i was just being all nicey nice and helping everyone and we see that he didn't want to be he was just faking it and you know he blames them for having to fake it and be nice so he has his 
uh, fist clenched and he's got this evil face on saying he's going to, you know, ruin both of them for making him be a nice guy, basically. <laughs> yeah, it is. And yet again, he is oddly savvy, <laughs> you know, for a really young, really young person, you know, and, and arranges for them to be captured when they show up, you know, yeah. at Stark's. And I love Stark's explanation. It's like, like Haney feels like the need to, to explain you know, why Stark would do these things. And they're like, I don't get it. You're already like a billionaire. You are actually part owner of Zenith. So you were stealing, <laughs> you were stealing your own oil. Like that was the part that it was like, yeah, that is, that is a little weird. That's a big hole in his plot. He was stealing his own oil. We don't like, what, what is this about? And he's like, it wasn't about the money. I'm a successful businessman. I wanted to see what else I could do. So I committed crimes and it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I'm he's okay like, I'm gonna, I want to see what I can get away with. It's like, well, maybe that isn't too far from <laughs> how yeah, a lot of yeah, people no are. I mean, I don't know about 1969, but now for sure, right? I mean, <laughs> well, that's the. I think that's the difference between now and then. Yeah. Then he had to actually commit what he knew were crimes. Now he would just do them and call it business. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, really. He'd be like, I though there's a loophole for this. Exactly. <laughs> there's a loophole for robbing myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just so funny. It's such a goofy. Like I like I love that Haney worried enough about that that he set puts an explanation and not that it's a great explanation, but like doesn't worry at all about some of the other pieces, which is just it's awesome. Yeah, and then we get, you know, Batman and Robin heading over to uh the uh docks again in the bat sub. And then mm-hmm. they they know they're coming because Lance ratted them out and they get hoisted up by a giant magnet you'd find at like, you know, a junkyard. I'm thinking myself, <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> Not only that, like, how hard would that actually be to do in the water? Like, to, like, mm-hmm. line that magnet up and, like, drop. I mean, you know, the claw machines at Chuck E. Cheese are hard to do. And they're dropping <laughs> this magnet, you know, and capturing the bat sub. Yeah, that was just, it, it, it is amazing in this issue how, how like, savvy and smart people are, how good the criminals are, even though they're just nameless thugs who will never appear again. It's pretty great. Yeah, and I don't know if this is just a made-up Haney thing because his mind was, you know, insane, or this is something for real that they're on their way actually in the bat sub, and they look out the, you know, window there, and he's like, uh, "Look, a flexible pipeline, the kind, <laughs> the the kind used in invasions to carry fuel to a beach." And I'm thinking, is that for real, or did Haney just make that up? I should have researched that. Yeah. I was like, that seems kind of crazy, but maybe it's possible. I guess. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, with comic book science, as long as it sounds. You know, mm-hmm. plausible. plausible. It's like, sure, <laughs> that works. Honestly, yeah, if it sounds like 25% plausible, like, let's be real. Comic book readers like us, we can, we'll give it a pass. <laughs> we'll go with it. Yeah. We're just here. We're yeah. just here for Batman. <laughs> yeah. And then they, you know, the guy here with the, I thought it was a gun at first. Me it's too. A high, like high a pressure. Yeah, yeah. High pressure air hose. And the guy says it can slice a man in half. And he's getting ready to shoot Batman. And Dick jumps in front of him and gets blasted right off the side of the, the oil derrick there. Or, I'm sorry, the oil. Uh, is it one of those ones out at sea? Uh, or what do they call the Gosh, um, I can't even think of the name of them now. Yeah, just a, 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 just a rig. I, I'm, I'm blanking. Oil rig or yeah. oil platform. Yeah, he gets blasted right off the side of it. At that point, you're like, holy crap, what's going on here? Well, and even, again, Batman just stands straight. Like, okay, I'll take this fire you know, i'll take this air hose to the ribs like there's no indication that he's going to act that he's going to you know 
stop yeah. this from happening. And so, you know, Robin has to jump in front of it and take the hit and get thrown off the side. And so, you know, again, even that's really funny, though. There is a nice moment right after where Batman says that boy meant more to me than anything in life. You know, and he, and he goes after uh, an attack. So then the Titans show up and they're like, hey, you know, Robin asked us to be here in reserve. And it's like, oh, did he kid flash? Because could you have raced at the speed of sound and saved him from that <laughs> that blast <laughs> that he just took? Like, you know, yeah, it's great. You, it's great that you save Batman. Why don't you save Robin? <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, or maybe the super strong, invulnerable flying Amazon could have jumped in the way. I mean, yeah, it's really funny. Like, hey, thanks, Titans. They got here a little late. And here's one I've never seen before. Speedy, you know, is there and he uh, shoots an arrow at a guy and it's a cocoon arrow that uh, yeah. makes the guy look like a mummy all wrapped up. I've never seen that one before. But yeah, the dialogue back and forth. What does he say to Wonder Girl? Uh, that clod about the bonk blue eyes, my cocoon arrow will take him out. And then she says, thanks, boy Bowman. <laughs> yeah, it's so like the, the the little nicknames. The thing I do like, I have to say, as cheesy as these little nicknames are. I do like that in later Titan stories, you know, much later, like in the late 80s, 90s, they'll get these guys together as young adults and they'll actually laugh about it. They'll be like, OK, boy, Bowman. And they're like, oh, we were so corny. Like, it's kind of cute. I was like, oh, oh I that's like great. That. Yeah. I'm like, I like that they don't shy away from it, that they're like, you know, we were we were super nerds. But, you know, we had each other's backs. That was really nice. Yeah. Then you said, like you said, the bat water skiing here where <laughs> so the guy great. tries to take off and. Stark, uh, Tony Stark, or oh, oh, I'm sorry, no, just uh, Grantland Stark, yeah, yeah, tries to take off in his boat here, and uh, he thinks he got away with it, but then there's Bruce, you know, he's or Batman, he's got the, the bat line hooked onto the back of the boat and water skiing on his feet, and then uh, Stark starts shooting at him, but then all right, you see uh, a door open at the bottom of the boat, and it's Robin, and you're like, what the heck? Well, maybe Robin fell off the side and into the boat. Mm-hmm. The guy starts trying to shoot and he shoots Robin. And you're like, what is going on here? And then Batman's like, Robin, why'd you sac- your- sacrifice yourself for me a second time? Second time. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I had to. It was the only way I could even the score. And, you know, he takes off the little mask and it's that Lance kid. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I was like, I was shell shocked. Okay, one, I was like, oh, wait, the first Robin to die was Lance Bruner. <laughs> like, <I think> <laughs> where's where's his costume in the Batcave? You know, I, I'm like, OK, I didn't know this. And then even the dialogue is so great. I mean, he's literally dying in Batman's arms and he's like, big shockaroo, huh, Bruce? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, you'll say shockaroo on your deathbed. And then mm. Batman in this very sensitive scene, I mean, there's tears coming out of his cowl. You know, he's he's sitting there and, and Lance is dying in his arms and. He's like, you know, I wish I could have been the guy, kind of guy you wanted. I mean, it's a, it's a really emotional scene. Yeah. But Batman says, so long, Lance. Like, like I was like, wait, so long? <laughs> like, not even a, like, may flights of angels, you know, sing, fly thee to thy rest. Like, you're not even going to quote yeah. Hamlet. Like, just so long? Like, that's no, not. Yeah. Yeah. His soliloquy here. So yeah. long, Lance. And believe me, you were that kind of being, human being deep down inside. But yeah, that was like, yeah, so long, but. that was like, oh, when he got shot and then it was him, I thought, okay, that's how they're going to get out of Batman having another kid. Yeah. But then this last panel here, why don't you speak on that? That one really threw me for a loop. Yeah, this is the best. So there is a disturbingly accurate bust of Lance (laughs) on the top of a grave. And and Bruce and Dick and the Titans are all standing at this grave site at Wayne Manor. 
And Bruce says, and even this dialogue is messed up. He's like, he came into our lives like a destructive whirlwind. <laughs> but he left it. I mean, it's so great. Like, wow, that's a that's a way to be kind, Bruce. But he uh -huh. left it in a blaze of hope. We'll never forget him. Um, and thanks for your help, Titans. And they go, anytime, Bruce. Like, like they put a like a 80s cartoon <laughs> button on the issue. Like, like all of a sudden it's gonna be like, you know, the more you know, or knowing is half the battle. Like, mm -hmm. like it's it's just it's unbelievable. And then even the next issue box is like, don't let this quiet moment fool you. We have an even more exciting <laughs> issue coming. Like, forget this Lance kid who died under Bruce's, you know, care. Oh, and by mm -hmm. the way, Bruce is going to have to explain to the state how this boy died. And like, you know, he's the first dead Robin. And I mean, I, I, I you know, you know, conceptually that Haney has no regard for continuity. Like, like, I mean, no. you know, Wonder Girl was an accidental creation. Like, you know it in your head. And then you read an issue like this and you go, oh my God, uh -huh. <laughs> you, you killed the kid. Like you resolved an issue with the cover of leave my evil son alone, you know, tongue in cheek. You resolved it by straight up having a child murdered. And mm -hmm. then you just put a button on it on the end and move <laughs> on like it never happened. I don't, I mean, this was insane. Like, what? how did you react to this moment? Because I was completely floored. Yeah, when he died there at the end, if they wouldn't have had that very last panel, I would have been like, okay, the end, and all right, I get it. But then he's being buried on, you know, Bruce Wayne's property there. Yeah. And like you said, the Titans being like, you know, him saying, thanks for your help. And then like, I guess I'm saying, thinking in unison, anytime. Yeah, that's, a, that's what it felt like, yeah. <laughs> It felt like they all jumped up in the air with one fist in the air, like anytime, you know, like, it's oh, just... man, yeah, it's crazy. And then I think to myself, who the first thing I thought is somebody needs to take all these Haney stories yeah. that still have like dangling threads and like write like just backups in another mm -hmm. book of like four five, six pages. Like, who was it that wrote that? Uh, what was it called? X-Men, the hidden years or something like that. They wedged in those stories. Between, oh, that was like, John Byrne. Yeah. Yeah. Get him. Because yeah. he, he at this point, he might be senile enough in a, yeah. to be able to write <laughs> something uh, parallel, like, not parallel, but sort of like in a Haney vein. Like, OK, then the guy shows up uh, from the uh, welfare children and youth office or something yeah. saying, uh, Bruce Wayne, we never got those papers from your lawyer about adopting Lance. So we're going to have to take him back. Where is he? And then what is Bruce going to say? Uh, uh, he he ran away. Oh, I thought yeah. I saw a bust of his dead body out. <laughs> You're you know rose garden. What? Uh, like, well, you know, what's he gonna say? Oh, he's resting out back. Like you know, or I mean, so, yeah. It's so I really, it's a brilliant idea. You know, what's funny is, um, you know, the Grant Morrison Batman run in the early 2000s. Morrison did that thing, and I love, I loved this about that run where he's like, it all happened. He's like, even uh -huh. the crazy Silver Age stuff, it all happened. That's the kind of life Batman leads. And so he had like, you know the Batman of Zurin R and he had like the rainbow Batman and he had, and he picked oh. from crazy fifties silver age stuff, but didn't necessarily go to Haney verse. I would love, 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 love a version of Batman like that, where they're like, Oh, it all happened. And we get a continuation of this Lance Bruner story. Like, you know, I just, I can't even fathom that Bruce in, in his total negligence allowed a kid under his care to be murdered during the commission of a crime and then was just like, okay, well, we'll bury him in the backyard. We'll never forget his sacrifice. <laughs> and then the next issue box is like, yeah, you will <laughs> come back next issue. <laughs> Not only will Bruce and the Titans forget about him. So will you, the reader. Oh yeah, let's my get God. Oh, uh, but yeah, Grant Morrison. Yeah. Get him, get yeah. him to write it and just do like, even if it's just like a, a, 
a graphic novel of like the like top 20 or something like that and just make them like little four or five page one-offs and have it i would buy that tomorrow i don't know oh my get, god heck get neil adams to even draw he's still drawing get him yeah, to do no it oh put that out and like the, the told tales of batman or something i just instead can't of untold never... tales i don't know I can't believe I've never heard of this. Like, I mean, I, you know, I've been collecting comics forever. Like, you know, I'm an adult, mm-hmm. you know, middle-aged guy, and I've been collecting my whole life. And, you know, Jason Todd died. I mean, I even called in for Jason Todd's death. Jason <laughs> Todd dies, and then, you know, Stephanie Brown seemingly dies, and there's all this discussion about Robin's dying and who gets a memorial in the cave and who doesn't and and mm-hmm. all of that. And nowhere at any point did I ever see anybody go, well, actually, and you know, you would think with the internet, like that's just waiting for that moment, right? I never saw anybody go, well, actually, the first Robin to die was technically Lance Bruner in Brave and the Bull. I mean, I can't believe mm-hmm. I've never heard of this. So I did not see this ending coming on any level when you were like, hey, let's cover this no. issue. And I was yeah. like, cool, I've never read this. Let's read it. And I was like, what the hell, Billy? <laughs> I was like, what did you do? You like, you know, mm-hmm. got punched, Well, after that first one we did, you know, with the Titans and it was insane, I thought, Oh, this would just be awesome to do another Brave and the Bold and yeah. then another one with the Titans and another one that's Haney and just berserk. But yeah, <laughs> this one was a, a real crazy swerve. Even I don't know, man. I don't know which one's crazier. This one or the this first one. one did, but... Oh, no, this, <laughs> this one has got to be. I just I can't. I mean, the other one had some zany Haney moments like the bad guy dressed as Batman and, you know, oh, magically. Yeah. And I mean, there were some great moments in that, but <laughs> killing a kid. And just moving on <laughs> is as as crazy. And the, the other thing that gets me is, uh, you know, I'm I'm reading this digitally. Um, you you know, you were kind enough to send me some of the the panels. I've been reading this digitally, and and the the last page, the very somber last page with his funeral, mm-hmm. has white space below it, mm-hmm. which means one of two things: it was either a an ad for the for other DC comics, which is unbelievably tacky on the last page, or yeah. it was an, an ad like an advertisement for like some candy bar or some, you yeah. know, so we have Lance's <laughs> death, his funeral, his bust, the Titans all watching this kid their age who died. It's probably the first death they've ever experienced. And mm-hmm. underneath is an ad for like bazooka Joe. Like it's, it's just great. It just gets better and better. <laughs> or whoever the editor was of this one. Oh, you know what they should have done is put like one of those advertisements for, you know, like the Halloween thing, like the floating skull and the, <laughs> the, the skeleton you can hang on your door for Halloween. <laughs> A little morbid, but that would have been funny. <laughs> or like an ad for like Batman and Robin costumes. It's like, do you want to dress up like Robin like Lance did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get your very own Lance costume. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, this, oh, yeah. Is, this is brutal. I did not see any of this coming. I did not think it was going to end this way. <laughs> yeah, and again, Haney, you know, it's just craziness all throughout. And then you get gut punched at the end there. But again, I, some of these panels, I couldn't stop myself from laughing. Oh, like yeah. we said, when Lance is kind of like acting like he's reformed and helping out, uh, what does he do? He's in the uh, Wayne Manor helping Alfred. Hey, Alfie, let me help you move that. And he's like, why, thank you, sir. And then he's at a charity rummage yeah. with the Titans. And Wonder Girl looks at him helping out and says, dig Lance selling our swinging goodies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, and even Wally's like, yeah, he's really in a new groove. Like they're oh. just, oh, it's so, it's so, it's so bad that it's wonderful. I mean, that, and that's the thing, as silly this, as this is, and as much as we're, you know, laughing at like the, the wild swings in this issue, mm-hmm. it is 100% entertaining. This was an awesome comic book. Like I fully enjoyed reading this, not yeah. even just for the zany haininess of it. Like it was really well drawn. 
It was fun, but but you know, in spite of its weird construction and direction, it's got a really compelling story. I you know, I grew to care about Lance. I learned, you know, I, I learned more about Dick and the Titans. I learned more about Bruce's absolute negligence as a parent. Um, you know, it was it was really good. And again, all packed into one one issue. Pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even if, you know, let's say you're not a Haney fan because you like more, you know, linear uh, storytelling <laughs> that tells, you know, that a straightforward story. Yeah. <laughs> e- even if that's who you are, you would still like this issue because, you know, it's Neil Adams and it yeah. looks fantastic. It's great artwork throughout. You cannot get better artwork than this. It's just, and we said too, Herb Novick uh, cover, fantastic job on the cover too. So yeah. front to back, the artwork is just awesome. When the coloring is really great. I don't, I think it might've been Adams. Um, who could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't, I think they, I don't think they credited a colorist. And so no, they don't. Might've been Adams. The coloring is beautiful. Like there's all this, you know, shading at night and there's all this really great shading when they're on the water. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you, you actually are caught off guard by the death of Robin of Lance in the Robin costume because he's silhouetted. He's in shadow when he pops out to confront Stark. And yeah. so it, it just looks like Robin. You can't see his hair color. And mm-hmm. and then even when Batman's cradling him, you can't see his hair color until there's suddenly light shed on the moment by the helicopter above. And then you realize it's Lance. So, I mean, just really good. And this isn't the kind of, you know, I, I don't know that that color progression and mood, you know, using color art in that manner was the norm back then. It was probably more just to kind of, you know, color the story thing. So this mm-hmm. was really well done. I mean, it's 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 a gorgeous issue. Yeah, that's that's a really cool page. And like you said, especially for the colors, too. And yeah, you can't tell that's not Robin initially. Mm-hmm. But and yeah, like I said, insane craziness. And it's, you know, a fun, crazy story. And then at the end here, you know, a kid gets shot at point blank range. It's like, what? Haney was out of his mind. <laughs> it is really it, it's I mean, even just the like, I mean, I don't think they had to pitch plots to their editors back then. And more often than not, I mean, all the stuff I've read more often than not, they would commission a cover. Or they'd mm-hmm. have a cover idea and then they'd build an issue around it, which is what this feels like. So yeah. I don't think, you know, Haney had to get this by Julie Schwartz or anything. But I, I just can't believe no one at any point read the like <laughs> plot or 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 you know, something and went like, hey, hey, um, maybe we don't kill the kid at the end. Like, you know, <laughs> maybe we just send him back to reform school, or maybe he has a long lost aunt that can raise him or something. Maybe we don't have a, a bust of his dead you know, face on Wayne. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking, how would you get out of it? Like, Oh, the kid gets shot, but lives and he's like in a coma for the rest of his life. Or he has amnesia or something like that. Cause how would you get out of him knowing their secret? Because you could always say somebody knows their secret. You know, you can, you had to get out of this somehow. And Haney's like, Oh, I'll get out of it. All right. I'll shoot this kid. (laughs) Yeah. no kidding. I have to say if there had been like a, a previously unrealized aunt who came forward and, you know, he lives and she takes him to raise him and he goes off knowing their secret, but promises to never tell because he's reformed. This would have been a really cool character to bring back, you know, oh, yeah. like a, as an adult and suddenly he shows up at Wayne Manor and, and that, I mean, this would have been an awesome character to bring back, but, but Haney's like, Nope, <laughs> we're going to shut the door on this kid and just, you know, boom, no more. Yeah. Yeah. No more Lance, but wow. Yeah. Crazy, crazy story. This is one for the ages right here. This is definitely (laughs) high on the the zany Haney meter for me. It's really up there. (laughs) Yeah. I have to say this, this actually might be my favorite Haney story. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, I, I mean, 
I feel like that after I read every one of his. That's so then true. I, I, I would really have to like kind of get them all together and do like a top 10. Ooh, that sounds yeah. like a good episode for a podcast. A top 10 Haney verse. Oh it my does. gosh. It does Ooh. sound like a good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mind's already scheming here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, all right. So let's transition to what's going on with you right now. You know, we know you have the bat pod, right? With Bill still going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, co-host of the bat pod with Bill beer and we cover every new Batman issue that comes out each month we cover and we cover, well, you know, the heart of the bat line. So we cover Batman detective Nightwing, and it's a good time. It's a great, actually, it's a great time to be a bat fan because the, the line has never been better. James Tynan on the main book and Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo on Nightwing. It's the, it's only been like six issues and it's already the best Nightwing run of all time. You know, there's just a lot of great stuff happening in the bat universe. And, and I, you know, I hear people's complaints, and I think they're legitimate that literally 45% of what DC puts out right now is Bat-related. I, I too, would love a greater variety, but the core of the Bat-line is undeniably great. So I, I co-host the Bat-Pod, and then uh, I was the co-host of Secret Wars and Beyond. We covered every issue of every Marvel superhero Secret Wars miniseries, but we actually recently finished, and we're, we'll come back for some apocryphal episodes. We're just kind of taking a bit uh -huh. of a hiatus, but, but if people love Secret Wars, they can go back and listen to those, and um, mm -hmm. Greg Arujo and I co-hosted the Squadron Supreme cast mm. issue of that great miniseries. That show might start back up again for some special episodes in the near future because we purposely Ooh. only covered the miniseries. We left like the graphic novel and some of the later appearances just so we could circle back when we were ready. Um, nice. So, so yeah, so a lot of good stuff. And uh, but I, but this is a blast, man. And I I so appreciate you having me. I'm you know I've told you this before, but I I like to say it especially on record. Uh, I love what you, you and Herman do. You know, I was always a fan of into the weird. Um, even though it's funny, I wasn't a huge bronze age Marvel fan. It was a little before my time and you guys got me into, you, you actually made me realize the brilliance of, of tomb of Dracula. And, you know, I, I got into those Dr. Strange stories from that era, but then you guys did the greatest thing ever and started the, uh, world on fire, all-star squadron podcast. Mm. And all that is my jam. And, and I'm not alone in that, right? Like every time you guys release a new episode, all of our little, you know, comic book podcasting community, you can see it all over Twitter. People are like, yes, like it's like just such a beloved series and you guys are doing such a great job with it. And, uh, you know, I, I just so I appreciate you having me on the show, man. I I love your stuff. And, and then also I just, you know, you've been introducing me to comics I've never read before and they're a blast. Well, thanks for saying so, man. We are having a blast with everything we do, especially uh, the All-Star Squadron. Oh, we are having so much fun with that. And it's funny, too, because when we started it, you know, I said to her and I said, well, you know, I know you've been a fan of that since you were, you know, a, a kid. I just got into it in the last few years. Oh, oh wow. I, yeah. Yeah. And I still actually need a few of the issues, the later issues to complete it. But, you know, um, and it is on the app, by the way. So now I don't yeah. have to worry about that. But uh, I said, you know, why don't we do a show on that? And he immediately got pumped for it. And, you know, he's a big uh, history buff too. Yeah. So, you know, some of the tie-ins to that era and stuff like that, he loves too. So yeah, we're having a blast with that. It's been very well received. And uh, I say thank you to you and everyone else who's been supportive of it and everything we do, because we have a blast. Great community we have here. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and it's fun too, because I think, you know, in particular, that book for many of us is why we love Earth 2. You know, it's it's why we yeah. love the multiverse. I mean, I, I collected that book when I was a kid and then it led me to Infinity Inc. And, you know, that whole universe and and and, I, and you know, the fact that the JSA is coming back soon in modern comics, 
I think is also, you know, great timing because that's the, you know, the all-star squadron sort of the source material for so many of us. So I love, mm-hmm. yeah, I love it, man. I, you, you've definitely got a, got me hooked. And the fact that you're getting to the infinity ink stuff is, you know, even more exciting. Yeah. I was just going to say this episode you and I are recording probably is not going to air until late September, early, very early October. So it's okay to let the cat out of the bag that, yeah, if you like Infinity Inc., uh, stay tuned. And then a few other tangential series, All-Star Squadron, Infinity Inc., even back into the Bronze Age there. Get ready because we're going to be be having something special for that, too, on its own feed and everything. Oh, that's awesome. Holy, I did not know that. I I was just talking. I didn't mean to spoil anything. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we made that decision and... uh, probably like when you and I are recording this within a few days, there'll be an announcement uh, on our next uh, all-star squadron podcast about that. So, yep. Uh, get ready, awesome. everybody. <laughs> that is totally awesome, man. This, I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. Like I just, like I just was, was <laughs> trying to, to hint and then I was like, Oh, that hap- that's happening. This is my lucky day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Play those numbers. Today's exactly. the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, once again, thank you, Sean, for being on. I really appreciate it. This was a blast. And again, I'm going to start hitting the archives here on the app to find more insane, uh, brave in the bold where Haney goes off the rails and, you know, kills more innocent people (laughs) (laughs) so we can talk about it (laughs) oh so yeah once again thanks for being on and then uh, i'll be back in a second to uh, wrap things up okay everybody thanks for tuning in that's it for episode 19 Uh, once again i want to thank my buddy sean ross you know great guest great guy Look him up on the social medias. Uh, you know, he has a co-host with the Bat Pod and Secret Wars and Beyond. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good dude. So look him up on Twitter. And I have all that stuff in the show notes with links and everything there. So definitely look him up. And uh, stay tuned uh, next week as we're going to continue with the horror for uh, Halloween season here. And uh, another movie review. And uh, it's going to be a good one. So stay tuned. Take care, everybody.